God stepped in. <laughs> so I never know. I can't tell by looking at this if we're live. So every one of my episodes starts with me not knowing if I'm live or not. So I, I'm going to pretend we're that. live. Uh, and so it's becoming my, my gimmick, my shtick, yeah. to not know if I'm live or not. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to assume we're live. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty. You're watching the God Logic Project, where we discuss maintaining a Christian worldview in a post-Christian America. Today we're going to be talking church security uh, with the growing uh, attacks on, on both uh, the Christian church and the Jewish church and the Muslim churches, uh, the mosques, uh, uh, attacks on, on houses of worship is growing. And we've got an in-studio, we've got an expert, a, a security expert to discuss that. But first, the intro music. Hello, God bless, and welcome. I'm Kevin Haggerty, and this is the God Logic Project. Shut up, Kevin. I'm Kevin Haggerty. That's Mike Houston, as always, telling me to shut up. And in studio today, I have from Trinity Security Allies, I have my friend and mentor, Jim Howard. How are you today, Jim? Hey, I'm doing great, Kevin. Thanks again for having me back. <laughs> That's Thanks good. Again. It's always good. I was telling Wendy the other day that you and I can talk for two hours in the parking lot, never mind on a podcast. <laughs> Anytime we get together, it's, <laughs> it, 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 we have to clear out our calendars because we'll sit around and talk for a long time yeah, but it's always good stuff it's we've already been stuff. here for an hour and a half yeah, we're just yeah. now going we almost forgot to go live yeah yeah you know. <laughs> uh well tell tell me a little bit about jim about uh, about what your background and how trinity security allies came to into existence well my background of course is law enforcement uh i was in law i have been in law enforcement almost all my adult life i started uh, in the air force uh, ended up going with the Norfolk Police Department there 26 years, went to Washington, D.C., and did security consulting, executive protection. Came down here, worked for a public safety software company that, once again, was involved in law enforcement. And then um, uh, when the economy tanked, ended up going back to work for uh, uh, the Bel Air Police Department over here in Pinellas County. And then during that time frame, I was going to a church, and they came to us and asked us, uh, we had bought property. We were in Pinellas County. We bought property in Pasco, and they asked us if we would come, and we would uh, kind of watch the money going from point A to point B. We were raising a lot of money for the building fund. And, of course, because of my background, uh, being in law enforcement in 1999 when Columbine happened, we became one of the first police departments that started doing active shooter training. So, I mean, I had that background. And then also I was in D.C. during 9-11, and we talked about uh, soft targets, and I knew all about, you know, hardening soft targets. I mean, we were all aware of it. So, of course, you know, I was like, God, you answered a prayer. You know, this is, this is why I'm here. You know, you've been training me all along for this right here. Right, and so the church, of course, looked at me and said, hey, we're just interested in getting the money from point A to point B. We appreciate your expertise, but that's not what we need right now. And so it wasn't but a couple of months later, we had a guy that came on the property that was circumventing his uh, his visitation, he could only have it supervised visitation with his children. Mm -hmm. And he would wait until his wife would drop the kids off at the children's ministry and then leave that building and go over to the worship center. And while she was in the worship center, he would go in and get his kids. And he was a really big guy and he scared everybody so nobody would challenge him. And of course, his kids ran to him. But when she, the mother, came out and realized that he had the kids, it freaked her out. Now, he was smart enough to know not to leave the campus. Mm -hmm. He would just walk them around the campus, but he, he, he wanted to show her he was still in control. I mean, that was basically it. This was domestic violence on the mental side. Sure. And so she came to us and she said, hey, listen, I have a court order that says he has supervised visitation only, which means he has to be at a government facility. And 
you know, I need your help. Well, the church came to me at that point and said, what should we do on this? And I said, listen, you don't want to get sued. So I would abide by the court order because what happens to the kids if something happens? She expects her children to be safe. Everybody does. I mean, that's really what we started thinking was that we needed to protect these kids. So we, we started watching this guy. We were waiting for the paperwork to come in from the court. And um, the guy, uh, his ex-in-laws came in to town. It was kind of the perfect storm. He had went and picked up the kids. They were, uh, they, they were walking out the door. His ex-father-in-law came up to him and said, hey, I'll take the kids. And he said, I will beat your ass right here. Mm-hmm. You know? And so we immediately stepped in and said, no, you can't do this. Walked him to one end, kind of walked the dad to the other end. And had some words with uh, Charles Deere was his name, and and he cussed us out and left left the property. The very next week, Pasco County, a deputy came out, a detective came out, and said, "Do we know Charles Deere?" And we said, "Yes, we do." And he said, "Well, Charles Deere is a person of interest in a murder case. Uh, we we think he's the one that did it." And so, um, you know, we we then kind of took a step back and said, "When did this happen?" And they said last week. So he was already fired up. He probably would have beat his ex-father-in-law up on the church property. And then afterwards, he ended up killing his landlord. So the church really started to take a little bit of a harder look at having a safety team on property to, fa- you know, to kind of handle these type of things. They didn't know what to do. What do you do in these scenarios? I, I, I got to say this. The church didn't really want us. They didn't for the longest time. They, they kind of put up with us because it was a, a necessity. They realized that as a small community, because that's what you are, mm-hmm. you know, you got 3,000 people that come to your church or even 500 people that come to your church or 100. You're a small community, and you're going to have issues inside the church. But they really didn't, I mean, it was just one of these things where we were constantly fighting them over things. They wanted us to wear security jackets. We said no. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't going to identify ourselves. They wanted us to do this. They wanted us to do that. And we said, no, we don't direct traffic. You know, that's not, that takes us away from what we're supposed yeah, to be yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. And so there was this constant fight between us and kind of the church leadership. They didn't want to give us too much power. You know, like, you know, they said, you're not a representative of the church. You're just here in case it goes south. Okay, we, we'll take that. We'll handle that. Well, since we're under new leadership at our church, it has been a difference completely. They have just said, we need you to do what you do best. You know, when you come to us and tell us what you need and how we can help you, and then we'll work these things out. Uh, we had a situation where we had a guy that was on the property that should have been trespassed. And I had never been given power to trespass anybody. And I told the new leadership this, and the very next day there was a letter in my inbox saying, you now have the power to trespass people. You know, yeah, you're now yeah. a part of the church. So these were things that we ran into during that time frame, and it, it, it's gone a whole lot better. Now, when we started doing training for the church, because I can't stress the importance of having training, then other churches heard about us and started contacting us and asking us to do training at their churches. So I was still with the Beller Police Department during this time frame. I got a chance to go to North Carolina and do my training there. And when I came home, Wendy just kind of looked at me and said, you're working, you know, like 80 hours a week. You know, you're, you're doing the police department and you're also doing you know, the church safety stuff, you got to make a choice. You know, what, what do you want to do? Yeah. yeah that's it. Hey, you know, working for God. I mean, you know, you know, I was just like, I'm ready to go. 
And it, it was all his timing. There was so much that happened. I mean, I could we could talk hours of cases that I had at Bel Air. We teach on those cases that we had. And, and there were big cases, statewide cases, national cases. And then all of a sudden, they went away. It's just one day I was sitting there and had nothing to do. Yeah. And it was, it was like God was saying, I need you over here. So we jumped at it. Uh, we did this in 2015. Uh, we did church safety networking, which we'll talk about a little bit here. And that grew on us. And so the next thing you know, we were getting calls from out of state, South Carolina, uh, North Carolina. Uh, Zion, Illinois, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, Kentucky, all these different places started contacting us, Virginia Beach, wanting us to do this. And so the whole state of Florida, we've been all over the state. We've been from the north all the way down to Miami Gardens uh, doing training. So God's been really good. We do a conference, but uh, to get back to the church safety, kind of want to go back to that real quick because this is something that's very important. Uh, we realized that a lot of churches, when they get ready to start doing this, they're really not sure where they go first. So what we did, we worked with somebody else, and we put together a, a little brochure. It's a free resource on our website, and it talks about, first off, just developing a safety team, what to look for, how to get it started, go to your church, and get them to bless it. Because if you don't have your church you know, behind you 100%, it's a constant battle right, you know, to right, get things done. And it's and like I said, when we first got started, we wanted to do training, and they looked at us and was like, well, let's do it now. Let's do it then. Let's do it yesterday. And then you'd have a situation like Charleston, South Carolina happen. Right, right, right. Then the next thing you know, they want to do training. And then, you know, you have Sutherland Springs happen. Everybody wants training. You have the moss shooting in, in Philadelphia. Everybody wants training. So – it's unfortunate that we have to sometimes wait for a, you know, uh, an incident to happen, but this is when people really start to come back to it. But they think that it's an overwhelming task. They think that when they sit down and start talking about this, do we allow people to carry? Who are we going to pick? You know, who's going to be running this? And, and, and of course, should we hire outside? You know, and they talk about hiring deputies and having them or law enforcement and coming in. They look at the cost and realize they can't. And what we tell people, this is like in this book, use the resources that you have inside the church. You have men and women who have the gift of discernment. They are looking for a ministry. They're doing other ministries and do not feel fulfilled. And so all of a sudden you turn around and look at them and go, I want to use your talent. I want to use your observation skills. I want to put you in a room to where you're my dispatch because I know that you would have a cool head if I needed you to call 911, that you could talk to the dispatcher and give them correct information while all this other stuff around you is falling apart, but you can keep your head. So use your resources inside. I, we were kind of talking about this earlier, and I, I use this analogy, and I've been using it a lot more. When people, when this country was formed and people started heading west, a lot of times they didn't have cavalry with them when they took the wagon trains and headed west. And so they had to learn how to protect themselves. Right. And so this is exactly, these were farmers, cattle people, you know, th- these were not military. Some may have military experience. Okay, they were good. They were experts at that. But when you have a whole bunch of people who don't, you have to sit down and start training them. And what you train them for, the very first thing, is this is the expansion of the kingdom of God. No more, lo- no less. If you can't get that thought in your mind to begin with, you're in the wrong you know, ministry. Really. And in this, in that analogy, we are in the American church, we are essentially 
we're not moving west. We're not moving towards any kind of threat, but that the threat now is moving towards us. So not only are we trying to spread the word, but we're trying to resist the quelling of the word here right. in America, here in our communities. Right. So we, we, we're in a situation now where we're more likely to hear keep it in, in the church house than we are to hear keep it in the bedroom. Right. Right. So things have completely turned around, a complete right. 180. So the uh, we talk about the free ebook. Uh, I'm going to put up on the screen here, Jim, a copy of your uh, of your website. TrinitySecurityAllies.com. TrinitySecurityAllies.com. And you can see the website there on the screen. Uh, and if you go to the resources tab, it'll take you to the free ebook download. And there is your ebook right there. That's available for free to help folks get started, uh, help folks begin to get started in the uh, security, in church security, and do it um, professionally, do it, do it in a Christ-like manner, do it in, uh, I'm a big guy on being subtle. Don't be right. overwhelming. Right. Nobody knows right. what we do. Uh, and that, uh, I think that if you have a situation where people think they need security at church, they're not going to come to church. Right. They may go somewhere where they're not protected. Right. Because they, they think they don't need protection at that church. But the truth is we need protection at every house of worship, be it a synagogue, a mosque, or, or Christian church. Not only there. I mean, we really need to be paying attention to what is going on around us everywhere. I mean, it is, listen, if you're not watching, and, and look, I don't want to scare people to death. I want, you know, God didn't teach us that. I mean, my, yeah. my verse uh, of the day was, you know, God did not teach us to be timid, you know. And we don't want to be that. We want to be out here living. We want to be the light, the salt, all those things like that. But we have to be aware of everything that is going on around us. We cannot close our eyes anymore and think it's not going to happen to me. You know, we specifically look at churches. And of course, because I'm a firearms instructor, I look at shootings going on across the country. They're increasing. Every day there's some sort of shooting going on. We're not police on police, but you have a funeral at your church. This is a kid that was maybe a gang member, and they have an altercation right there in the middle of the funeral service, and the next thing you know, shots are fired. You have a person that walks out to his car to get into his car after a church service, and there's somebody that's breaking into his car, mm -hmm. and there's a shooting. You know, these are things that are constantly happening. And so we do, when we talk about developing a safety team, the first thing that you want to do is you want to take a look at your resources. This is what you're looking for. You want to look at your strengths and weaknesses of your facility. I, I point this out in ours. We have water next to our facility. Uh, if you have a lost child, especially a little boy, guess where they love to go? Right yeah, straight to the, the water. Lake. Yeah, they, they head that way. So you need to be aware of that. We have a major road in front of us that we use uh, deputies to direct traffic. Well, you know, if you have an infant that goes toward the road, you've got another issue. You know, or a person. We had a girl that was skipping high school. This wasn't a church-related incident, but she, she was skipping high school, and they were going to cut through the church yard, and when she ran across this road, she got hit by a car and killed. Mm. Okay? Well, it affected the church. It happened right in front of us, you know? So these are things that you need to be paying attention. What is your neighborhood behind you? Do you have a low-income neighborhood? Do you have a crime-ridden neighborhood? What people don't realize, and this is another thing that we're going we're gonna to be posting these books. We're trying to get a book out a month. So the next one is going to be talking about what to look for on a Sunday, and it goes into our threat profiling training. But w when we talk about these things, you have to be aware of a five-mile radius 
of what is happening around your church. Because if you start having vandalisms and, let's say, auto thefts, assaults that are just happening randomly on the street, they're going to bleed over into your church. And if you're not prepared for that, you run the risk of getting sued. People go to your church with an expectation of safety. A reasonable expectation. A reasonable expectation. And you hit the nail right on the head. I wouldn't take my kids in if I thought the church was not safe. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use his name. Sheriff Nako used to come to our church, and think about it. He is a high-profile person, yeah. and he liked our safety team because he, he came because he had kids of his own, and he knew that he could put them in the children's ministry, and we were there to protect them. And that's our number one. I mean, that's the number one thing that we do when we walk into a church is to look at the children's ministry. And some of the people at my church would love to have words with Sheriff Nako. Yeah. I mean, I mean the yeah. we, my church is in a— talk about your surroundings my church is in, in a lower socioeconomic scale and pa- the lowest in pasco county uh where uh, drugs uh, opiates are a big deal in this part of pasco county and we are surrounded on two sides by woods uh and we have a children's ministry and so uh when when i started mine and i was doing my for a little history i was doing my church security kind of by myself with my limited bodyguard and security training right uh just applying that to what i could here by right. myself when a mutual friend of ours, John McMiniman, the McMiniman Law Group, put us in contact with each other. And, and then I was one of the churches you came out to and said, yeah. you got your hands full here. We yeah. need to bring more people on. You can't do this right. by yourself, blah, blah, blah. Right. So it is, uh, there is a logical process to this, and the ebook is going to provide that logical sure. process for people at the beginning. The big thing is to join the, uh, uh, let me look at the camera here, but a big thing is to join the uh, church security or networking group if you're here in Tampa Bay or you know, West Central Florida, or develop one in your own area. But uh, you, can, you can contact Trinity Security Allies on Facebook as well. Uh, and that is their, just type in Trinity Security Allies and their Facebook will pop up and you can follow them there. And they do some live training on Facebook uh, where you can ask questions and have your questions answered. So you can begin to have a national reach here. Trinity Security Allies can begin to have a natural a national reach right. uh, thanks to the Internet. So the better we get, the better us old folks get at, at, at using the tools that are available <laughs> to us. Uh, I've used it in my security exercise. I like yeah. to know who the people are in my church. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, so yeah. I, I follow people from my church, whether I'm friends with them necessarily or not. Um, we, is, we also have a closed Facebook group called Church Safety and Security Networking. And the reason why we kind of have it a closed group is that we're putting out information that really is – a little bit sensitive, and, you know, we want to make sure that the right people are in there. It would be counterintelligence. Yes. We yes. want the right people in there paying attention to it and responding to it and the things like that. Anybody, you know, we're, we're not trying to close people out, but it's just that we have one that we kind of, we have a Facebook page, Trinity Security Allies Facebook page, and we do that more for information that's going on. Like on our page right now, you can see Kevin Smith. Well, some people might not realize who Kevin Smith is. But Kevin Smith is a part of the Department of Homeland Security working with the faith-based group. Mm-hmm. And so he's very important in making sure we get the news out about what is happening around this country. You know, we, we do this Google Live thing. And, and for people who might not know what that is, if you have a search that you do all the time, you know, you're, you, like you do stock markets and you're looking at a specific stock market, uh, a, a specific, you know, company, well, you can go out and do Google Live and it will constantly update you on things that are going on anytime this comes up. 
Right. Well, we have a Google uh, search that goes out, uh, Google alert that goes out every day and looks for church plus vandalism, church plus sexual assaults, church plus gunmen, church plus shooting. So it comes back to us and gives us a list of things that make the news that you wouldn't see because it's in California or, or Oregon. Iowa or- yeah, yeah, someplace, you know, nowhere around, and we see them. And so one of the things that has really hit, and we're seeing this so much more and more, is vandalisms against churches. Yeah, It's just constant. And, you know, I it's kind of one of these type of things. I don't care. You're, we don't want to get into legalism, all right? Mm-hmm. I believe that if you're a church and truly believe in Jesus Christ, God is the Father, Christ is the Son, and the Holy Spirit, death and resurrection, even mosque, because it is a house of worship to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the weeds in here because what I want to do is make sure that those that come and worship are safe. That's all I care about. Yeah, and we're seeing a rise in anti-Semitism. There's a, a push, especially in Europe now, anti-Muslim push in Europe, uh, which there's you know, a push right here, here right now. Yeah. So there's it's, a push it, right here. They, yeah. if we if we wanted to look ten years ahead, we can look to Western Europe and see the kind of the mess they have on their hands, uh, and and. And we can be better watchmen that way, right? Sure. And what I feel is that we see this divide that's happening right now against churches and the public. I mean, look, we have this thing going on about pro-choice or pro-life. Yeah. And it just gets, and it's on both sides. We have to be careful. I want to make sure that we kind of say this. There's radical groups on both sides. Yeah. And we have to make sure that we're paying attention to what is God's message. Yeah. You know, do you think you're going to win a soul if you're standing out in front of an abortion clinic and screaming hate at them? Or do you think you're going to win souls like we have? I'm going to put a plug in for um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Pete, uh, at Oasis Pregnancy Center, which does a loving Christian point of view as far as when you walk in a door in a crisis, pregnant now, not knowing what you're going to do, this is something unplanned, and they they don't tell you, this is the only way you can go. This is the only way you can go. They go in and say, these are your options. But one of the first things that we want to do is we want to see how far along you are and do an ultrasound. Yeah. And they say that once the mother hears the heartbeat, it's a completely different situation. Why abortion clinics don't do ultrasounds. That's why they don't do well, ultrasounds. Yeah, so they don't want, or sonograms for that. They don't want the parent to get that emotional attachment. Exactly. They want to, they want to perpetuate the right. idea that it's still just a mass of cells. Right. We know at six or eight weeks that it's not. It's not. And so these are the things that, you know, we, if you have a strong opinion on anything, uh, we got a call from a church that they were pro-life. They were talking pro-life, and one of the guys in, in the congregation lost his mind and just got up and walked out the door and was yelling outside. Uh, the pastor's wife was sitting there hearing this guy. He leaves. She's now afraid that he's going to come in with a gun mm-hmm. because this is what happens. And so, you know, they contacted us. Once again, you have an incident. Instead of being prepared, you're going to have it. I, I can't think of a single church that has not had a disruptive attendee, that has not had a divorce where the child custody comes into play on who gets the child and who doesn't. So how do you deal with these? And so that's why forming a safety team, this little book that we're developing a safety team, we look at it in a God-biblical-based way. We first start off with Nehemiah. We talk about Nehemiah. Well, really, I've kind of changed it. I, I, my my um, 
my scripture of choice right now has become Ezekiel 33, 1 through 6. Because one of the things that I want to talk about is God warned us and that we needed to put watchmen out here. And if these watchmen warn you and you do not heed, that blood is not on the watchman, but on you. Yeah. So churches, think about this for a second. In Ezekiel, let's, you know, you don't want to use the Old Testament? I'm going to use the Old Testament, you know, because he talks about this. God allows these things to happen. You know, we think, oh, God won't let this happen to a church. Really? What, then what's been happening? Yeah, you know? yeah. You yeah. know, or these churches, uh, you look at Sutherland Springs, 46 people inside a church, loving God, singing praise, and a gunman comes in and, and shoots everybody inside the place, kills 26 and injures 20. God didn't love that church. You're going to tell me that this church was doing something wrong? I'm going to point you back. Go listen to the, the pastor who's been preaching there. He's a God-loving man. He, he, speak, he speaks the word. You can't use that excuse anymore. The world, God, Christ told us the world will turn on you. And it, yeah. and it has started to. It They're really going to hate you because they hated me first. And yes. So there yes. is no idea in Scripture, in New Testament, that things are going to be uh, that you're, that things are going to be peaches and cream when no. you get saved. So, no. and I, I forget who said this, uh, maybe, uh, Jordan Peterson, but he said the goal, maybe Dennis Prager, but the goal in life is not happiness. The goal in life is, is meaning to have a meaningful life, not necessarily a happy life. We want to be happy, of course, but we need to be, I would think reasonably happy. The more important thing is that we are uh, taking up our cross and, and, and being and having meaning and being a good uh, purveyor of the gospel, right? So not just in word, but in deed as well. But if you take uh, if you take a church situation where uh, you have a safety team and they're subtle, undercover, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, yep. uh, the fo- the the if you the other ninety nine point nine percent of the people at that church, whether they realize it or not, are safe. They can be at ease. They can worship. They can be free to. So my thing is, if you have a security team with security jackets on and, and, and open carry, people are going to say, I'll just go to a church that's safer. This must right. be unsafe, right. which is really backwards thinking. Right. But if you are if you are uh, doing it the way kind of you profess to do it, those people are safe. They, they, they don't just feel safe. They are safe. Right. Right. And that's a very big difference. We, we teach this culture of awareness where we go in and when we do our training, we don't do it just with a safety team. We need your ushers, your greeters, your staff. We need everybody that has a part to, to make sure that this church functions on their, yeah. their, their services. You know, It has to be everybody, including even creative arts. You know, Creative arts gets up on the stage and they think, hey, we don't need to be, be a part of this. Well, as you're up there performing, that's when a lot of times your hits happen. You know, they, when the lights are down. When the lights are down, they're coming in on that. They're doing something at that moment in time. So you have to invite everybody. And what happens, you, okay, here, here was a real good one. We had a lady that, that was coming to our church that her husband and her started having problems. Well, he started talking suicide. And, and she came to the church and says, I'm concerned about this because he does have guns and he may come into the church. He's mad at the church right now. We started paying attention to that. And everybody who knew him and loved him, wanted to help him, started to watch for him. But we were praying for him at the same time. But we were keeping a watchful eye in case he did show up. You know, we when you have people that have been away for a while and then all of a sudden show up, what happened? This is Antioch. This is the Antioch Church in Tennessee. This guy had went to that church, had sat down with the pastor on multiple occasions, had prayer, talked about God, all these things like this. 
He was upset over the South Carolina shooting and knew that church, knew when to strike, and went back to kill 10 because the shooter in North Carolina had killed nine. Yeah, That's a part of the trial. So, you know, they knew him, but yet if they would have seen him, you know, the thing of it is he dressed up in black, put on a mask, you know, one of those scary skeleton masks, and gets out of his car with his gun in his hand. That's in police work. We call that a clue. You know, and nobody was outside, though. This is what we talk about. You need to have people outside watching for these things. And nobody was out there. And so he was able to make his way into the church. Well, we have people people uh, uh, asking about our live okay. broadcast right now. So I'm reaching out to them. And the uh, this uh, I'm also going to share this to uh, put myself on camera. I never do that. I hate putting myself on camera. We're also going to share this to uh, my personal Facebook page. On, uh, so you'll be able to click through the Facebook page. As always, we, we want you guys to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Help me grow the God Logic Project. Uh, we, are, um, we, are, we are a new channel. Uh, we're developing it. Uh, we're growing into our role here, uh, and we are needing support. So uh, if you would, just please subscribe to the God Logic Project at youtube.com forward slash God Logic Project can link there through our website godlogicproject.com uh and if you ring the alert bell on youtube it'll let you know every time we put up new content we tend to run live so uh most of what we're going to put up has been live so far uh with interviews just like this we cover recovery we cover church security we cover politics uh, the bottom line is this if there's anything i can do for you guys if you think you have a story to tell that you can tell your story for god's glory Email me at godlogicproject at gmail.com. I'd love to bring attention uh, and coverage to your ministry and your mission work. Uh, and if there's anything I can do for you regar- uh, re- concerning uh, recovery, chemical addiction, or any kind of recovery, uh, if there's anything I can do for you, email me at godlogicproject at gmail.com. If I don't have the resources to help you, I probably know somebody that does. In any case, uh, we thank you always for watching. And uh, if you would subscribe, that would be absolutely awesome. Uh, so we have, uh, we have for now we have the uh, the group networking, right? We have the eBooks that'll be available on your website, TrinitySecurityAllies.com. Uh, you have a Facebook page where you tend to up. I get a lot of alerts from the Facebook right. page, so you keep everybody right. very up to alert on up to date on that. Right. And then we have uh, uh, you also have uh, this is the Facebook page here and you get all their information and they do live stream chats on here where we can ask questions, church security questions and get them answered right away. Mm-hmm. So it's important that you like and follow their Facebook page because uh, you can keep in constant contact with them. And I can see this thing is growing. Look at how many people are attending the local. Right. Uh, now, can you help facilitate uh, uh, group network, church network groups in other parts of the state or country? Or have you begun to do that? Or uh, is there a plan in place for that? We, we um, started kind of in this area right here with Pasco, um, Polk, Hillsboro. Uh, um, but now we've gone further south now, and we're starting to do it in Northport, Venice, uh, Port Charlotte, that area down there, because right. we have uh, several churches. In fact, we're going to go down there. Are you including them in your existing group church? Yes. Uh, yeah. What about if they're in, if they're in Washington State? Can we help facilitate? Sure we could. Yeah. Sure we so could. we can kind of lead them through that process as well. They can develop a church networking group. I find that to be very important mm-hmm. because we have church hoppers. Right. We have people that. Uh, oh, yeah. We've seen sexual predators have gone from church to church. Yeah. You know? We've had the same guy at your church has been at my church yeah, yeah, five miles was, away. Yeah. This know? was a guy that uh, 
was unique, I mean, to <laughs> say the least, you know, that uh, was coming to both churches. And then it was really funny. I was talking, um, I was doing a church safety networking group in Hernando County. And I was at a church and I brought up a picture of a, of a lady that came in and just did nothing but disrupt us all the time. And as I was like talking about her and the things that she was doing, the pastor of that church pointed at her and said her name and said, she used to do the same thing here. Now we're talking, you know, Hernando over here in Pasco County, you know, and so we were, we were laughing about it, but it's not a funny subject, but it is a sad, I mean, it's kind of a sad subject, but we both had the same person coming to our churches and disrupting the services. Uh, well, some lady named Wendy Howard is blowing <laughs> me up right now on YouTube. You know how, I, I don't know if you know uh, her, but she, know. she could be very pushy. Yes, yes, she can. Uh, well, she wants to know if, to that. <laughs> she, she says hello, we're doing a great job. So I was worried how the audio was. It's, I'm yeah. guessing it's good or we'd know by now. If the audio is not good, folks, that camera up there by the ceiling, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll see what we can do to fix it. Uh, can we link the video intro Oh, can we link the video into our church safety and security networking page? That's probably a little above my pay grade to do it on the fly. Uh, right. So, no, I probably can't. I just got, I apologize. I just got a message on Facebook. Uh, so the, uh, uh, we are, guys, if you have questions and you're watching uh, live on YouTube right now, type them in. I've got it open on my phone and we'll, I'll ask Jim and we'll, uh, we'll get the answers to your questions live on the air here uh, while we do this. Um. I mean, I'm going to turn off Facebook for now so I don't get any more alerts, and we'll go back to it if we have to. But the uh, So we have uh, you have added a new tool to your repertoire, and this is something I'm guessing you were kind of reluctant to do, uh, but it just came together kind of naturally as if you were being led by the Spirit. Sure. Rather than being led by your own will, you were being led by the will of God, and this has been developed uh, uh, kind of all around you, right? So, right. So uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, we— um we were really looking at how to put safety team members in real life scenarios. You know, uh, speaking of Wendy, uh, Wendy goes around with me sometimes and we do some real life scenarios of where she is a, you know, disruptive attendee and people look at me and go, we're praying for you, you know, because she's that good, you know, but <laughs> we, we were looking at this and we were trying to figure out a way of doing active shooter training. And we kept kicking it around, kicking it around, kicking it around. And I had been involved in a firearms training uh, simu simulator that we had in Norfolk, Virginia. I had seen a few more. And so we reached out to a couple of people that had some in the area. And we went and looked at a company called LaserShot. We were really impressed. And so when we talked to them, it was something that um, we were able to kind of invest our money in and afford it. So we purchased a thing called LaserShot. And LaserShot is a simulator where it puts people into real-life scenarios. And what we want them to do is verbally de-escalate the situation or if they're put into a situation to where they have to make that split-second decision. We want them to do de-escalate the situation. Hold on one second. Sorry, or, guys. I, I thought I could mute it on the computer, but I couldn't. But we're watching. Uh, Jim and I are now watching the YouTube. It's a little bit behind us. Right. Uh, but we'll be able to see the comments live. So if people have questions, we'll be able to pick them up right off the screen. There. Sure. Sure. I'm sorry. But no, that's all right. So we, we went to, we purchased this simulator. We, it, it was kind of one of these things where when we talked to them, LaserShot, and said, hey, um, we would like church scenarios because they didn't have any. Uh, they said, well, we would like to do some, but it's going to cost you this exorbitant amount of money for us to send a team out and do training 
and and do these scenarios. So we were kind of like, well, we don't have that money, so we'll just use what you have right now, which would be like, to give you an example, somebody walking out to the car in the parking lot, and there's a guy there that is looking to steal a car. And you have to try to verbally de-escalate this person before it goes worse. And so they have a SHOT Show. I don't know if you know what the SHOT Show is, but it's like where everybody has anything that has to do with guns. They go to this show in Las Vegas. Laser Shot was there, and they had a couple of people come up and say, hey, do you have church security or church safety scenarios, uh, active shooters? And they said no. And so they kind of thought about it and said, hey, contact Jim and Wendy here in Florida, and see if they would be able to put together two, a couple of churches to where we could come in and do scenarios of real-life situations, husbands going against their wives, uh, men coming in uh, trying to steal their children that they can't have uh, custody of, and actual active shooters. So they contacted us. We said, yes, come on out. They came out. They did 25 scenarios, 25 different scenarios, and these are great scenarios. And it's of things that are happening today. You know, you just, you know, a lot of people do these scenarios and go, that would really never happen in real life. No, these have happened in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we base them on a lot of things that have happened across the country. We had a husband that shot and killed his wife in a church service. We did a scenario like this, you know. We did all the, you know, like uh, we've seen parents trying to steal their kids. We did scenarios like that. And so it was really exciting, and they're about to come out. So they've now sent us demos of the trailers, trailer demos, to get people's appetite wet because we're about to kick this off. And if you come to one of our church safety networking group meetings, you'll be able to see the trailers because we're saving it for the guys. Yeah, you get. Well, that's yeah. a perfect segue because yeah. tomorrow night we have our first seven one. o'clock. Yep. Generations Generation. Church in Newport yeah. Ritchie. Yep. Uh, do you call it Trinity or Newport Ritchie? We call it Trinity. Trinity. Tr- yeah. Uh, I always yeah. get confused because yeah. it, uh, it's always been Newport Ritchie until it sure. became Trinity. Yeah. Uh, well, they have uh, uh, they have uh, one of your group church networking events yep. tomorrow night at seven o'clock, yep. Pasco County, and that yep. they can find that both on your YouTube, on your Facebook page, and on your website, right. TrinitySecurityAllies.com. Under uh, events. And and there tomorrow they can get an idea of. Of, uh, of the laser shot training that you're going to offer yes. to, to they get to see some of these, you... They get to see previews to these scenarios that we filmed, and they're intense. They're intense. Yeah. Because the thing that so many people don't realize, and we've, we've seen this in some of the scenarios that we have on the laser shot right now, is that, that sometimes people aren't all by themselves. There's people standing around them. Yeah. And if you're going to engage, you have to start thinking about that, that there may be a loved one that you know that is standing right next to the person that is drawing a weapon. Yeah. And are you that good? And that is, what about the backdrop? We always consider yeah. that in, in yes. gun safety yeah. training. But here's another thing you and I have talked about. Uh, some churches, I'm not going to say mine, but some churches, a lot of people carry. Yeah. Second Amendment, right? Yeah. We're in Florida. Right. Uh, I have, uh, I can I can position and predict the work of my guys. What about everybody else carrying? Right, uh, right. Could we create a, a disaster of a, of a cross shoot in a, in a sanctuary? Well, and that's one of the things that we suggest to people in the safety teams, that if they find out somebody is armed, to go to them and say, listen, we know that you're armed, but not all the safety team knows you. Yeah. Okay? If you pull your weapon and there's bullets flying, you're probably going to get become a target and get hit. Yeah, yeah. And we don't, because we don't know you. You know, it's not that, you know, listen, a, a couple of situations that just happened recently. A uh, guy comes into a church with a samurai sword, 
okay, threatening people. Two off-duty, two off-duty police officers draw their weapon, shoot and kill the guy, and hit each other. Yeah. Okay? So these are trained police officers. The shooting that happened in California where the guy went into the country and western bar and a local uh, officer showed up and a, sta- um, a highway patrolman showed up, the local officer was killed by friendly fire. They didn't, they didn't know each other. They didn't basically. know. that. Well, they didn't train with each other. I'm not really for sure what it is. I'm hoping that they saw the uniforms, but they didn't train with each other probably. They both had been to probably really good training, but one moved one way and one moved the other. And So there's so, always that risk. And there's always that risk. You have positions in your church. This is a part of the, of the next book that's coming out where we talk about positions inside your church is that you have these positions, and some of these positions you need to say are shooter positions. Yeah. Other positions are, I need you to get the pastor off the stage. I really don't need you pulling your gun because you're pointing it toward now the whole congregation. I need you to get the pastor off the stage. You know, I need you to lock these doors so if the guy's on the outside, he can't get on the inside. If you're in the children's ministry, I need you to make sure that all the children are safe. And then once you make sure that all they're all safe, you come back to a position that if we can't stop this guy and he gets to the children's ministry, you're their last resort. Yeah. So, but you don't automatically come out of the children's ministry and get involved in the gunfight. You're putting yourself in a crossfire because we know how we're going to be setting up. If you're coming out of the worship center, you could accidentally get shot because you're right in the middle of it. So you have to know these positions and you have to work these positions. The incident that happened at the Tampa mosque here a couple of weeks ago, where they called him a security and we don't use the word security. You keep saying it, but we don't, we, we try to stay away from it. But when one of the security members got into a verbal first off and then a physical altercation over stopping a car driving through the parking lot, he pulled his gun out and shot the guy twice. Now they're saying in the back, what is this? Yeah. You know? And so now the mosque is being sued because of improper training. And, and, and here's the other thing, too. You said this earlier, and, and I want to go back on it. I want to go jump back on it. We talk about who we pick for our safety team members, and you said Facebook because we use it all the time because if I've got a safety team member that every time I see him on Facebook, he's got a, a drink in his hand and he's partying and all these things like that, it's not a good representation of, first off, Christ. Yeah, yeah. First Christ, off, Christ, your church, and your safety team. And your church and your safety team. So we talk about that if you're going to, to, to use your safety team members, that they need to fall un, under what – Paul said in Titus, yeah. you know, that they have to be an upstanding person. They have to be a God-loving person. They have to be a, you know, not quick to temper, all these different things like that that you need to make sure that you're paying attention to because this is important. And that goes for your safety team leader and also your safety team members. When somebody walks into our church and says, hey, I want to be on your safety team, I, I understand you have one. Unless they have police experience or military experience, I tell them you got to serve somewhere else in church. Yeah. Because I want to see how you react to people. Listen, people who work in the children's ministry, I want them <laughs> on the yeah, safety team. They're good. Because if they can handle the chaos that goes inside those classrooms, they're the type of people that I'm looking for. And even if you were to plug somebody into, into uh, if you use radios, um, communicating over the radio to earpieces or, view, or uh, watching the cameras. So if you have cameras indoors and outdoors mm-hmm. and at key points, uh, 
that person doesn't necessarily have to be armed. No. That person doesn't necessarily have to be big and strong. Right. They don't necessarily have to be, if they can stay calm and communicate well right. and, uh, and right. are logical enough that they can uh, communicate the right, you know, without getting emotional, sure. communicate the right information sure. to people that need to know the information. That's a, I mean, that's the epicenter of your security team at that point. Well, and, and I had a guy that just came yesterday while at church that has a disability. And his disability is he can't lift things, he can't run around, all these things like this. But he's got a great head and a great mind. So he's going to be perfect for my dispatch room. He's yeah. going to be perfect to watch the cameras. He's going to be perfect in case we need him to get on the phone and call 911. So these are things that I'm looking for. I don't have to have – look, I got guys that walk around that have, you know, arms that are bigger than my thighs. And they come and go, I want to be on the safety team. Where have you served in the church? Well, I don't want to serve anywhere in the church. I want to serve here. Yeah. You're not on the team. I get them, yeah. and I get them, uh, uh, you know, they, they might be bikers or bodybuilders or karate guys, mm -hmm. uh, and I found that more often than not, I've had, it, it's guys that can de-escalate, sure. that are not threatening, right. but are strong verbally and intellectually, right. that have, have provided the best, most of the time when something's happened here, nobody knew it but us. Yeah. I mean, yes. ambulance come and gone. Yep. Police come and gone, and nobody in the, inside right. the sanctuary. Nobody inside knew. knew about it. So yeah. that is that is the best way to handle things. Still, I think. Well, and 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 you just made a, another interesting point about medical team, and I want to bring this up. Our medical team falls underneath our safety team, but they handle the medical emergencies. If somebody goes down, all the safety team does is assist. Yeah. And the medical team takes over, and we just make sure that we're there for them. And we had a person that went down. This was several months ago, and it was right before the service. It, I would say it was like 15 minutes before the service was over. There was a panic in the group that the service was going to be over, and you know people were going to be coming out and running over this girl. And we just said, listen, we got on the phone. Paramedics are on the way. They will be here, have her out of here before the service ends. No, people weren't listening to us. And I said, I promise you this is going to happen. Sure enough, they got there, they checked her vitals really quick, got her on a stretcher, and right out the door, they were doing the final song, church service was over, people are coming out, and nobody knew anything had happened. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knew anything. And that is, to me, a perfect scenario. It's the perfect scenario. So the yeah. safety team, a safety team that does their job well, nobody knows. Yeah. Right? They do yeah. a job poorly, yeah. it's on the news. Well, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you're going to be on CNN News. You know, we talked about this a long time ago. Somebody was recommending using uh, pepper spray inside a church. And, and I got on, on this blog that was going on, and I said, do not do this. I said, think about it for a second. You have people in your church that are elderly and have respiratory issues. Pepper spray is an aerosol. Yeah. And you can spray it at one end of the church, and before it's all over with, it's everywhere. And these people who have respiratory issues are going to be calling for medical help. So you'll make the news. You'll be on CNN, but it's watching all these elderly people being carried out yeah, on stretchers. Of your church, yeah. and you're out of business. Yeah, yeah. If something like yeah. that happens. Well, yeah. here's, here's something you brought up a second ago that I, uh, for what we do here, is if, if we have a medical emergency, we have a nurse, we have mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, all the first aid, the paddles and all that AEDs, ready to go. Uh -huh. Everybody's trained. Uh, but I, what worries me is all of, all of the safety team getting involved at the same time. So we right. pick one guy. Right. You 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 respond to that. Everybody else stay right where you are because right. you don't want uh, you don't want all your assets in the same place at the same time because that could very well be a diversion. Well, and we talk about that in the positioning. When you when you say that you're in this position, that's your position, unless the lead team team, team member because we have one person who's in the lead during the service, 
Unless they call for you, you do not lead that position. And that's exactly what it is. We had another situation where a lady had a heart attack. And uh, we were waiting for paramedics to come and pick her up. And I, and I look up, and one of my other safety team members is standing there. And, and his position was inside the worship center. So I just kind of looked at him. I said, what are you doing out here? And he goes, well, I'm here to help direct traffic. <laughs> I got 40 people to direct traffic. Get back inside. Yeah, to where you yeah, belong. Get we, back where you belong. We had a teenager go missing one night on a Tuesday night. You remember what Tuesday nights yeah. used to be like yeah. here? And uh, it was two teenagers missing from our youth group. And the, uh, uh, at one point, I had every member of the safety team with me we had an rv broken down in front of the church to make matters worse i couldn't let that guy leave if he had a teenager <laughs> yeah uh yeah so uh, uh i had the the youth pastor and all of the safety team with me out by the side of the road uh, i had to send everybody back to where they belong but the uh, uh the kids turned out to be in the woods smoking cigarettes yeah. but yeah. that's we don't know that at the time what i know is two kids are missing and there's an rv broken down uh in front of the church coincidentally which was just a coincidence. We found the kids before those folks left. But the uh, uh, we ended up with all of our assets, including the youth pastor, in a circle in the front of the church, and uh, like right. they were pouring out to come and help me. Right. But I don't need their help. Right. But I need to. I, I need the the rest of the congregation needs their help. Right. So the kids in the kids building still need a pastor, and right. the people in the church still need protection, and yep. so on. Yep. So that was uh, that was one of the great hard learning. Uh, facts for us. Well, I'll give you one that happened to us. Uh, we had a girl, uh, the children's ministry called us and said, hey, we've got a lost child. And so we went back and like the first thing that we said, um, you know, physical description of the child. It's a two, uh, uh, second grader and um, physical description. And we put it out. And a lot of times we use text, you know, instead of putting everything out over the radio, yeah. we'll do a text message, yeah. you know. And so I had I had three people with me, and that's all I needed. I had one that was in the children's ministry. I had one of my other uh, rovers that was with me and myself, and we didn't need any more people in there. So we told everybody to stay in their positions. But I had one person that was on the safety team that was screaming out, we need to call Pasco County. And I said, let me do a quick assessment before we call Pasco County. We don't want the sheriffs to show up, you know, 100 cars showing up because they're looking for a lost child, and we end up finding the kid inside the church. Yeah. It looks kind of bad, you know, like we're not prepared. So they gave us a physical description. They said she had on a white, frilly dress, like an Easter dress. And so we started looking for this little, you know, 8-year-old, you know, that has a white, frilly dress, dark hair, and we're going from room to room to room looking for her. And so it was really funny. One of the guys walked in. Her name was Cassie. She doesn't know him. He says, is Cassie in here? She immediately, like, disappeared, you know. But she wasn't wearing a white frilly dress. She had on an orange top and black pants, almost like a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. And so he just kind of, he saw it, but he just blew past it, you know, because of the physical description that we had gotten. We We were trying to contact the parent. What if the parent had stopped by and got her, didn't tell anybody, just kind of got in and got out, or maybe we have a domestic issue and the dad got the child. So we were trying to contact the parent to, to make sure everything was all right there. I go into the room again after I followed the first guy and I said, hey, anybody know Cassidy? And Cassie and one of the girls in there, her dad works on the safety team. And she goes, hey, I know you. But at the same time, she's pushing this little girl's head down. And I'm thinking, this is really strange. Yeah. So I kind of looked at, we, we kind of looked at, uh, the teacher that was in there, 
and go, is Cassie in here with you? And he, he goes, yeah, that's her right over there. Well, it's like the whole group got into hiding her from us. You know, it's like she's in trouble. So they're, they're hiding her. And, of course, then we saw that she had on this orange and black. So she wasn't, you yeah, know. Not even who you're looking for. Not even who we're looking for. And what had happened, she had friends in the first grade class. So instead of going to her class, she went into the second grade. She went into the first grade class. Now, if the person who had, you know, said, we got to call Pasco right now, had called Pasco, we'd be having to call back and say, disregard, we, we, we've got the kid under control. You need to have cool heads in this also. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to assess everything that's going on. Make sure before we get, you know, everybody involved in it, that we really do have this crisis. And we've had this happen multiple times. This isn't the first time. Well, this is, is this not where training, you say in the military, fall back on your training. When, right. when it, things get ugly, right. fall back on your training because your exactly. training won't fail you if everybody's trained in, under the same uh, leadership. So this is where church security training comes in, comes in uh, invaluably. This is so important because we, and, and here's another thing I want to address because it's just one of the things that keeps raising its ugly head, okay? If you have a church that has a safety team, and we, we've had this happen multiple times. They look at us and say, we've got it under control. Well, what is your training? Well, yeah. We've got it under control. We've got a guy in here that, that does training. I am a student. I'm a constant student. I study all the time what I'm looking at. Study the Google Alerts. I just got finished. I, I, I'm going to give this guy a shout out because I really enjoyed his book. If he ever happened to hear about us, I'd love to hear something from him. But it was called Left a Bang. And... Um, uh, his last name is Van Horn, uh, uh, Patrick Van Horn, and Jason Riley. It we teach we teach uh, combat profiling. We call it um, uh, a threat profiling, mm-hmm. and it was a great the, the Marine Corps portion of it that I got a hold of first was really good. A lot of information we pass that out, but this book left a bang, took it to a different level, and and went into it deeper, and so. These are type of things that a lot of people, they might not pick up a book like this and read it. Look, they got full-time jobs. They're coming in and volunteering at their yeah, church. They're not getting paid to do this. They yeah. don't have a ton of time. This is another life for them. But because I was able to read this book, now I, en- I enhanced my threat profiling and added more stuff in it. And really, to tell you the truth, it could be an all-day training. People are too value, you know, time's too valuable. Two hours, that's all we got, you know. Really, it, it's a full day. But if you're not constantly studying, if you're not constantly going to the classes, if you're not, look, law enforcement, we, in order for us to be recertified every so many years, we have to continue our education. We have to go out and qualify every year. We have to do all these different things that when we look at people that want to be novice safety team members, guess what? They're the ones that are going to get sued. And if you get sued, in, if your name is in that lawsuit, that's a hard road to I mean, that's a terrible place so, to be. A church, any church, can put can just pay $100 a month, have the full resources of Trinity Security Allies, exactly. and introduce them to and uh, the attorney that handles liability, sure. Simmons. Yes, James uh, Simmons. Who, yeah. I'd like to, who I'd like to get in the studio, by the way. Yeah, uh, sure. So the um, uh, so for rather than paying whatever three or four poli- off-duty police officers cost every week, I mean, they could, a lot of this can be handled internally with your guidance. The thing with the police department coming in, and, and, and listen, I love, you know me. You cut me, I bleed blue. You yeah. know, I, I've been law enforcement all my life. They, they, don't, they can't always show up. You know, yeah. we have situations, Easter, because there were so many details, there were a couple of services that we didn't have deputies there. So what do you do in the meantime? 
If a deputy is out directing your traffic and you have an incident that happens inside, there's three, still three minutes that are probably going to go before you can get in touch with them, get them running inside, all these different things like that, that you got to deal with this. We have two deputies that come help us with traffic and then come into the church. We still have people that are disruptive walk into the church because they think the deputies aren't going to get involved in it. You yeah, know? yeah. They, uh, we, it's, in fact, in fact, we called the deputies in on one guy, and, and they were watching him and said, oh, my gosh, this guy's freaking us out. You all need to remove him. And so that kind of was the deciding factor. That's when I got promoted because I said it way before that, and they just they didn't want to listen to me. The deputies walked in and said, mm, this guy needs to go before yeah. he does something. So there's an awful lot that goes into this. If we're going to close with a with a with your elevator speech, a single kind of encapsulated version of, of, uh, of what they can do, if they're watching this now and they don't have a safety team, how do they begin? Do they reach out to you by, by your uh, – uh, website? Do they hit you up on Facebook? What's the what's the natural process? You and I were just we got on the phone and we talked for two hours, but sure. that's not going to be the case always for everyone. Sure. So then, what do we do? Well, go to our website. It has our telephone numbers, our email addresses. We're uh, our website trinitysecurityallies.com. Go to our Facebook page. Uh, pull down our resource, developing uh, a safety team, and look at it. And and here's the other thing. And you know, you and I pray over it. Yeah. You have to pray over this. You have to have, you know, a biblical approach on this. If you look at a company that is teaching church safety and the picture, we were talking about this, the picture of their CEO of the company has got a gun in a defensive stance, yeah, or a shotgun, which is what one of them had, I would be leery of that company, okay? If they're not teaching, and you know what's funny? We're starting to see companies now come our way. This is a God-based system. Yeah. So you want to you want to you want to appeal to the spiritual side of it, not exactly. the not to not the uh, fleshy side of it, the to to God's will, not man's will, or, or to build up God and protect the flock rather than to build up the men on the or women on the yeah. safety team. You know, Julie Workman, who's coming to our conference this year, she is a survivor of the Sutherland Springs shooting in Texas. When she said the shooting was over. Her statement to me was that God had been preparing her all of her life for this moment. Yeah, yeah. That's what we teach, that if you're serious about this and you go and pray about it and you feel that God has led you to this, he's not going to put you in a situation where you don't know what to do. He's going to give you the tools. He tells us he's going to protect us. He's going to do it the right He's going to lead you the right way. Yeah. So com, our Facebook page, uh, pull down the free resource, uh, contact us. You know, if you're in an area that we're going to be doing the church safety networking group, come and see that. It's free. You know, come and, ha- and have an opportunity to meet with us. Because one of the things that we're telling people, test it before you buy it. You know, sure. come and hear us. You know, if we have a, if we're speaking somewhere, come see it. A lot of times these are free, you know, uh, uh, seminars that we're doing. And put it in place before you need it. And you talked earlier yes. about waiting, being reactive rather than proactive. And it, it seems to me municipalities, governments always react to everything. So they'll put in sidewalks after a kid is hit by a car, right. but not before, uh, where the sidewalk would have saved a life. You know, So being proactive in this and not reactive, uh, you and I talk about it off the air all the time, but one bad thing, I'm in a small church. Right. Right. One bad thing happens and ends up on Bay News 9. I'm out of business. Yeah. You know. Uh, L- lose a child. Lose your insurance because of something that you did not do. Yeah. You lose the church. 
You yeah. just lose it. And, you know, I, I go back to Ezekiel. God is telling us right now we need to be preparing for this. Yeah. And we need to be working on this now. Well, the uh, uh, so we got TrinitySecurityAllies.com. We've got the Facebook page. Uh, we've got all sorts of training available through you and Church Networking Group, which has its own Facebook page. It's Church, church Networking Group. Church on Security, Facebook. Safety and Security Networking. On Facebook. On Facebook. So uh, Facebook, oh, you know, now Facebook is the way everybody communicates, but Facebook is the key. There's online training on Facebook. We're doing a Facebook Live now, yeah. uh, which is, hey, you got this started. I'm telling you. I'm blaming <laughs> you for this one. I didn't yeah. know anything about this when I started. <laughs> and, and we're doing the Facebook Live. We're going to try to do it on Sunday nights to where we'll cover a topic, especially if somebody emails us and says, hey, can you talk about this? And then, um, you know, we're, we're trying to get the media out. And then, of course, like I said, here soon, we're going to be putting out these teaser trailers on the laser shot yeah. because this is a huge deal for churches. I, I cannot, cannot stress the importance of getting your people who are armed into one of these classes critical. because Absolutely I've seen a church that had four safety team members that I said two of these guys should not be carrying. Yeah. Their attitudes were wrong. One could not shoot. And so what are you going to do? You're going to injure somebody. Yeah. So, so we have uh, uh, tomorrow night at, at Generations, Generations Church Christian in, in Church. Trinity. Yep. Uh, so if you're in the Tampa Bay area, it's worth the ride, but you get, you'll get to see firsthand what the trainings are like, what, right. what, what the services are like. Uh, and then you have, uh, uh, you'll have, uh, be able to reach Jim at trinitysecurityallies.com. You got to reach him at the Facebook page. Uh, you'll be able to attend church networking groups if you're in West Central Florida. Reach out to Jim or myself, and we'll plug you into where you need to go uh, for that. Again, we are wrapping up the show here. Jim, as always, I thank you, buddy, for being on. Uh, this has thank been you, our, our – you were on the show when I didn't know how to use the audio. <laughs> so our audio – I almost said sucked, but I didn't. So I didn't say it, so okay. it's okay. You're all right. Uh, but now we've got a kind, kind of got this new project dialed in. We're, we're growing together through this right. thing. I uh, appreciate you, buddy, for being on here. If there's anything I can do for you guys out there, godlogicprojectsgmail.com. Uh, if, you, if you subscribe to the page and follow the page, you'll see we, do, we deal a lot with, uh, with uh, chemical addiction, a lot of the local recovery uh, projects here in the state of Florida, even as far as Boca Raton. Um, we are here for you guys. If there's anything we can do for you, godlogicprojectsgmail.com. If you have a ministry uh, or a, a business, anything that you, you're passionate about and you'd like to do uh, – to be a guest on the show, we can do it even uh, remotely now. Uh, it's godlogicproject.gmail.com. Let me know, please, if you like what we did here, give it a thumbs up, comment, uh, and subscribe. Ring the alert bell, and you'll be alerted every time we put up new content. Jimmy, how do we want to say goodbye, buddy? Uh, gosh, thank you. Thank you, Lord, you know, yeah. for what, we, what, we're, what we've been doing, uh, praising God, talking about what great country he's put us in and allowed us to be here. Uh, thank him for our friends that we've we've created over this this time frame. Yeah. Just give all glory to him because it's it's all about him. He's the one that has put us in this position, put us in this environment, and it's all about his glory. Yeah. It's all about expanding the kingdom of God. He's given us a heart to serve. He's given us discernment. Uh, he's given us a, a a peace that is kind of a quiet confidence in his word and his kingdom. Exactly. And, and that is the approach, not. Uh, not the Rambo approach to this thing no. that we both experience on our right. teams, but the uh, right. uh, we, we serve a kingdom, right? We do it here, we do it somewhere, wherever yeah. we do it, we're serving a kingdom, uh, and that is, I think, the underlying. Uh, that will be our underlying. So if uh, if it is of God, 
you can't stop it anyway. And if it's of man, it's going to fall apart like sure. it always does, right, sure. from the book of Acts. So I uh, uh, appreciate your being on here as always, buddy. I'm going to sign off. Uh, oh, i got to play my outro music. Guys, subscribe, ring the alert bell. Thank you for your support always. Uh, if no one told you to love you today, God loves you. So do we. Receive that. Be blessed. And we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the God Logic Project. And if no one's told you they love you today, God loves you. So do I. Receive that. Be blessed. We'll speak soon. This has been a Rev Kev production. Your mileage may vary. Shut up, Kevin.